right, you guys ready to go? Hey friends, welcome to Gather Party. This is a podcast for friends where I, your host, Kevin, a husband, a dad, and lifelong gamer, bring on uh, different friends with me each week to talk about video games and anything else that we feel like. And I'm really excited about this episode this month because uh, I have my first trio party. I was able to summon two other people to join me this month, and uh, I'm very excited. I have uh, one is a new gaming dad, uh, a longtime listener, first time guest on the show, Organic Kooky, aka Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? Uh, doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming, man. And you, uh, your son is uh, how many weeks away now from being born? Uh, two weeks to go. Nice, man. You're feeling prepared? You're feeling ready? Excited, nervous, uh, just pumped. It's time of life. So, yeah, ready to go. Nice, man. And also joined by a returning guest, Dill Deer, a.k.a. Buddy, a.k.a. Dylan. What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome back. I'm happy to be back. All right. And uh, I got a new thing that I'm trying with guests uh, when they come on that I just started last episode. So every time uh, it's someone's first time on, I got to ask what uh, your favorite game of all time is. So I'll start with Kyle. I have to go with Halo 3. The amount of time, effort, energy, how it encaptivated me from a young age. I mean, the first time I uploaded it, man, I couldn't sleep. I played all night until like the sun came up uh, and then went to school. So it was just one of those times there. I was fully immersed, so Halo 3 takes the cake for me. A lot of good times in Halo 3. Peak Halo, some would say. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement? I, I think what, as I matured, Halo Reach was really kind of my prime, able to build things, build racing maps. I think Halo Reach for me was like my prime Halo. Um, just the ability to go do amazing things. Nice. That's a good solid pick. What about you, Dill? Favorite game of all time? Um, in terms of campaign and story, because Halo 3 takes the cake for multiplayer, uh, my favorite game of all time has to be Halo 2. Wow, two Halo picks. Did not anticipate that. And uh, just because the story was insane. Um, spoilers. Uh, for, yeah, for if you haven't played Halo 2 game. by now, it's, you're probably never going to play it. You, you finally got We're to, also like, not sponsored. We're not sponsored yeah. by Microsoft either, Bill. Let's just put that out there. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is not. We're not planted. <laughs> it was just awesome, like seeing the viewpoint of the enemy that you fought in the first game, and like it kind of humanized them, and like you got to understand why um, they're going after like the rings and uh, what it means to them, and um, you just kind of like from their perspective, you start understanding. But then a uh, chaos breaks out in the covenant, and it's just an awesome story. Yeah, I'll be honest. I played Halo 2 at launch. I couldn't tell you what the story was in Halo 2. I think I, I can <laughs> recite every line in the main but game. It's been a long time since I've played yeah, through it. Just iconic. Uh, even like to the flood, you get to like see the flood's perspective and like their end game goal. And it, it, you, you learn so much about the universe, the Halo universe. And I think it's just amazing. Uh, best game of all time for me. Well, there you have it. If anyone out there has never played Halo 2 or Halo 3, <laughs> now's the time to do it. Shout out to Halo 1. <laughs> you must gather your party before venturing forth.
what are some games that you guys have been playing recently? Uh, it's a game called Call of the Wild, The Angler, or as I like to call it, just Fish Game. And uh, it's a game where, uh, it's not a realistic fishing game, but it's uh, definitely an immersive one. Um, it's open world, you get to go hiking. There's, there, on, on that note, there's more than just fishing, there's, there's hiking. You get to go look at uh, trees and like spot any kind of like um, invasive plant species and stuff like that to report it. There's it, there's so much more to fishing than the, what the game leads you to believe. But it's just a peaceful, serene game that you can get kind of just relax to, and uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, Call of the Wild is uh, uh, like a sim game, right? A hunting sim. The original Call yeah, of the Wild, and it's like a simcade. So it's like not quite a simulator, but it's still immersive enough where you feel like it's real but uh that, those are my favorite ga- kind of games is simcade games it was recently added to game pass right? correct yeah i was going to try and give it a try before we did this podcast because you texted me and told me about it but i was trying so hard to try and finish the the main story in yeah. starfield starfield's <laughs> more important right now fish game's always going to be there yeah. but the hype around starfield did you ever play um, like Cabela hunting games on like oh, the, yeah. on like original Xbox? The OG and Xbox because my family grew up hunting and I was around yeah. it all the time. So like when hunting video games like Cabela's games were coming out, my my mom would buy it for me and I get to play it and that was kind of special. <laughs> Slaughtering bear, <laughs> yeah, and deer. Yeah, I played on the PS2. I had Cabela's uh, Dangerous Hunts. That yes. was a fun one where the animals. That, that was the most memorable one. Yeah, that I, yeah, that was a lot of fun because um, it, it had big uh, like open levels that you had to walk through, and yeah, you could be hunted. Gosh, you could hunt bears and stuff. I completely and also, forgot about that game <laughs> until you just said it. And that just unlocked everything for me. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun one. And then even older than that, the first hunting game I played was actually just called Deer Hunter on the PC. Huh. and it was oh uh, yeah re- it was a t- 2d game yeah it, like, it's all you did was sit there and scroll yeah. back and forth on like a 2d pixel landscape yeah, and I you'd have that. to wait for a deer to like pop up holy crap this is insane <laughs> and so, so many memories that, that got yeah lost i don't know why i my family is not into hunting at all i don't know why we had so many hunting games yeah. when i was younger but they're just fun, fun i yeah. guess <laughs> yeah I, as a little kid, I wanted to go hunting. I thought it would be so cool, uh, you know, to go out and shoot something. Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't go out now, but... It's an experience. You've been hunting, though, before. Like yeah, I actually... Real things, last real weekend, people. Yeah, last weekend I was just hunting. I don't... It's... I don't know. It's... it's For, for me, uh, we're kind of going off topic, but I guess we're talking about anything on this podcast. Yeah, we can talk about um, whatever we want. For me, I don't like the killing. I don't like the sport of it. However, like, I do like venison. I love venison. Um, it's it's amazing. It's it's one of the most nutritious meats. So as long as you go out there and like respect the animal and, and use the animal, and you're not out there just to go slaughter animals, because there there is a reason why they allow tags. It's for uh, population control and helping the. It's actually counter counterintuitively. You're actually helping the environment that way. Anyway, but yeah, as long as you're out there t- to respect the animal and like use the animal, uh, I I think that's totally acceptable. And I think it's a little bit more humane than what the cow industry is or the cattle industry, how they get treated there. So, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. That's, that's my thought process around it. Can I ask a question, Bill? Yeah. Do you think, did you ever play duck hunt growing up? It came out in 1985. Yeah. Um, of course. And, it, and it had these little light guns on the, you yeah. the screen. Do you think, I think that's the OG uh, hunting that game, is, right? Dude, it is like, it was, that was like before like video games. Cause it wasn't a video game. It was light projected on your walls. <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, I did have that. Like, and like the little projector would like swivel around across your wall. 
I don't think I never played it on a projector. I, I played I it on the, the Nintendo. Yeah, I played it on. Oh, the you're NES. talking about Nintendo. Oh, see, I was growing up. I had I didn't. Well, I guess yeah. And the Duck Hunt on NES was there before the thing I'm talking about. But back to your question. Yes, I played Duck Hunt on NES. I played a Duck Hunt game that was a little projector in my room. And it would swivel around the walls, and you, it was the same thing. It was you'd pull the trigger and it would capture the light and. Fun fact, uh, fun fact is Duck Hunt came with the NES starting in 1986. So if you got a deluxe NES system, it came with Duck Hunt. So a lot of people... That's awesome. Uh, I still I have that's it. That's how... Really? Now we're here. Now we're here playing. You're reporting uh, You're reporting plants. You're doing uh, so many more things. But Duck Hunt started it all in a sense. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Kyle? What have you been playing other than Starfield? Yeah, I have a typical rotation between Rocket League, Call of Duty, and Fall Guys. It's kind of like my uh, my three prong approach. Go on there, try to get a, a W a day, um, keep the doctor away. So try to go on there, win a game of Fall Guys, win a game of Call of Duty Warzone ranked, um, and win some Rocket League. That's a good day. Some days you don't want them all though. And uh, have you played? Uh, do you play? Is it they're on Modern Warfare two right now? Do you play the multiplayer for Modern Warfare, or do you just do Warzone? Yeah. No, we do. There's gunfight. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. That's it's all fun to me. I think it's a uh, one of the best Call of Duties we've had in a long time. So, are you you gonna get uh, Modern Warfare three when it drops? I mean, you'll yeah, be in a whole different cause... place by the time Modern Warfare three drops. <laughs> yeah, you'll with have a, a kid with a, with, a, with the baby coming, the odds are low. But this is gonna be a cool time because typically they they switch right. You kind of go back to the old Cold War era kind of um, Black Ops. This is the, the alternating series. So instead of switching it to a, a a Black Ops S, so it's like it's a you always skip one, right? So it's like you always skip the bad one, and you get the new one that comes out. And so here we have the new one coming out. It's going to be zombies, but it's also going to be modern warfare. So it's like, wait, I don't, I can play modern warfare and have zombies? Like, um, it's a confusing. So we'll see how it, it, it pans out here. And I heard they're going to revamp the article on that as well. Is they're like they're taking all the true modern warfare two maps and revamping them and redesigning them. It's like it's kind of a mixed reaction online. It's like, look. What are we building here? We're not really creating anything new. You're taking old maps and kind of right. they said we're redesigning them, making them more depth uh, friendly, more gun uh, game friendly, and so they're walking through all these one more for two maps. But it's like it's like they're should be happy or sad with how many installments they've had. Making new maps sounds uh, almost impossible. I mean, I feel like they've thought of the most they could possibly think of, and I feel like an uh, FPS map isn't you know super complicated. It's just you create a few lanes and then maybe make some. <laughs> some little pathways off of those three lanes and that's it. So there's only so many different ways you can do that. Especially like a, like a call of duty scale map. Like yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Probably my best, uh, call of duty friend too. Should have, should have mentioned that when I introduced you, the cod God behind every KD that's above the one, there's a friend that's below a one, you know, it's a, there's yeah. always the, <laughs> we, we average out back to one. one exactly. One. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so do you buy the uh, you buy the new skins on Warzone? You got the uh, um, who is it they have now? Don't they have Nicki Minaj as now a skin yeah. in Warzone? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's and Messi, Dog, there's right? Neymar, yeah. there's uh, yeah, Snoop it's Dog, all interesting. Uh, Twenty One Savage spend... is also on there. Yep, I, I don't spend money. I just try to collect the free points, and then when I have enough, get a new uh, battle pass. So one battle pass will you just kind of try to max out and try to ride it along. But yeah, I do not have any cool skins. Uh, can you still earn a battle pass um within the battle pass it's gonna be tough you can maybe get a, it's i think it's 1100 uh cod points to get a battle pass now uh you might be lucky to squeeze through get two or three hundred a season so it can take some time to save up but if you 
if you have enough and you saved up because it carried over from the last game too. So whatever points you had last game carried over. So it enabled you to kind of get a battle pass and keep the, the rhythm going. I've played uh, recently in the last few months and it looks uh, really complicated now. I'll be honest. I, I don't understand yeah, it, anything it's kind of, uh, anymore. Let's say you bought the battle pass for 1100 COD points and you maximize everything you possibly could. It wouldn't repay you. You'd only have like a thousand COD points. So you'd be short. And so they got it to where you couldn't maximize your battle pass and get the next one. You had By to then design. pay the upgraded battle pass, the black pass, whatever it's called, to then get into the next segment. So it got rid of the system. You couldn't actually keep buying a new battle pass, even if you max it out. You had to pay up or wait for the, the next segment and get a free segment of 100 coins. That's in a whole other topic about monetization of the games and how it's a little predatory. But Yeah. Speaking of predatory, I did think of something that I didn't put on the outline, and I wanted to ask you guys about it with pre-ordering games now. So I feel like this trend has started in like the last couple years where there there used to always be kind of early access to games, but I feel like now games will offer the early release date as part of the pre-order. So those who pre-order the game get early access to it. Not that it's in like an early access state, like the game is completely done, but if you pay the pre-order, you could play the game like I don't know, a week earlier. Yeah, and wasn't that else. Starfield? Yeah, that yeah, was Starfield. Starfield had it. Diablo had it. I think um, there were several other games before then. Like the last couple of years, I feel like most m- major AAA titles have been doing it. Yeah, I think it's lazy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, because I don't think, I mean, I hadn't pre-ordered a game in a long time. I think most people in the gaming community were like adamant now about let's not pre-order games yeah. anymore. Especially as, as digital. You just download it whenever you want. There's no need to pre-order because pre-ordering then, like it guaranteed you the title at release. Yeah, and that, you just don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, and then it, it, they had you know like skins and things like that with pre-orders, but yeah. people ultimately just decided. I feel like that it wasn't worth it. Not anymore. But now with this, now I feel like pre-orders are back with this early a kind of early access. I'm they st- get to. The I'm game. still not sold on it. I w- didn't think I was either, but I paid the thirty dollars to play uh, Starfield a week earlier than its release but, date. <laughs> dang, it's like six so it bucks a, a day for. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but yeah, not for me yet. I mean, I had a gift card, so I mean, it felt oh. like it wasn't my own money, but I well, mean, that's, it still was paying for it. No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a gift card, you don't know what to do with it. To play Starfield a week early, I mean. I don't know. I was just wondering if you guys, are you guys cool with that? Would you guys pay money to play a game earlier? If it was a game you were really anticipating? I was anticipating Starfield, and I didn't feel the need to buy it early, especially yeah. since it was on Game Pass for free. You've also I put, bit the bullet. You bit the yeah, bullet. I, I I was off that week, and I had oh. that weekend, and so it just made sense to spend the thirty dollars. However, okay. shout out to my my game my game pass share member <laughs> who paid for it. Um, shout out Jacob. Night. Hey. If so, well, yeah, I can see that more than like a regular day because if I had a week to do nothing, then yeah, I would. I think I could shell it out. But in my like day to day base, like when you know, nah. Yeah, 80% of the time I'm not going to do it well I knew I needed yeah, I, to ma- maximize working. my time with it I knew I wasn't yeah. going to hit 48 hours by the time we recorded this podcast <laughs> like me I yeah I waited for release day. I think I have more time than both of you guys combined <laughs> yes But yeah, I brought you guys on because you're my Xbox jabronis, and I wasn't going to talk about any Xbox news or any gaming news at first. I just wanted the episode just to be about our Starfield experience, but then 
so much Xbox news broke this month, thanks to the FTC trial that just keeps on giving and giving. Uh, more, <laughs> more and more documents the... aren't necessarily leaked, but uh, you know, just through the being shared to the public, and people are just combing through those things looking for anything. A lot of information uh, came out. Actually, I think it was leaked, if I remember it, the article. It was leaked. I read. But it was uploaded to the FTC's website. Yeah, and, but it wasn't supposed to be. And I remember Phil came out with the Phil Spencer, head of Xbox. He came out and said, "Like, hey, these were, yeah, <laughs> this this was old, <laughs> but a lot has changed. Don't don't believe it." Yeah, but yeah. So I just wanted to get your guys' uh, opinion on it. The only things I know that I saw from the leaks were the new controller and the the proposed design. Or the refresh of the Series X. And it's cylindrical. Like Alexa, Amazon, or Amazon Alexa. Yeah. Uh, not a fan of the design choice. But the controller is what I'm more uh, interested in. Because it's, after like three generations, it's actually finally changed. It, like the, the controller. Yeah. Some of the, the big leaks that came out of it was um, their plans for uh, a system refresh for the Series X and Series S. Uh, plans for a remake of Fallout 3 and The Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion. Oh. Um, there's also leaked information about their next console, which is uh, slated to come in 2028. So about five years away for their uh, next console. That, that's on par. And then uh, also some statements in there. One, uh, f- there's a statement uh, that they were uh, considering trying to buy Nintendo, uh, yeah. uh, which I thought was pretty funny. That'd be insane. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so let's start with uh, let's start with the the first big leak from there was um, the system refresh. So they're going to release some upgraded versions of the current consoles that they have. And I know right now all three of us uh, play on a Series X. Would you guys want an upgraded Series X from what you have now? Yeah, I'm not gonna go shell out additional money. That would require if, there, if there's a game or something that there's like a better it's a better all overall experience. I just don't see it happening. So yeah, I think I'd probably wait till 2028 to make any of those changes. Yeah. The only thing I could see an upgrade for is uh, you got a pretty tight spot that your Xbox Series X fits into. Maybe this new one will be smaller and uh, could fit better. Yeah, it would still be $500 though, so that's going to be <laughs> yeah. a, a tough sell. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the shape of it is weird. I don't think the shape of it, which was like a half cylinder shape, would even fit in where you have yours in your, uh, your TV stand right now. Little console, yeah. What about you, Dale? Would you shell out for an upgraded version of the Series X? No, I'm totally content with the Series X right now. It, I have no need to upgrade. And like like Kyle, like it, maybe like in 2028, see how that goes, and um, then think about it. <laughs> if I had like a the still, if I still had like a One X or maybe even like a, a Series S, then maybe. But um, I'm as a Series X owner, I'm content. There's no need. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'm about the same. I, I don't think I could shell out. I mean, it was hard enough to get this Series yeah, X. Be, exactly. The, be... <laughs> the loading times are fine for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I don't what about uh, what about an upgrade Series S? Would you guys want a second Xbox to put somewhere else in the house? Not, not an upgraded S. I would take the old S. Because if it's not like my primary gaming console, yeah. like maybe in the bedroom, I don't need the best S. I'll just take the cheap. $250 one or whatever it is now. Yeah. I'd say if anything to be excited about, it's probably uh, maybe a price drop for the Series X yeah. that could come uh, with this new uh, 
Yeah, I mean, to drop a Series S, right? The Series S is going to be two ninety nine. I mean, if you're going to drop anything and put another room, you might as well just get like a Apple TV or a Apple HomePod. Right. Yeah. Hey, we're not sponsored by Apple either on this podcast. <laughs> this is even non-affiliated. Even if like I wanted to play like in my bedroom, um, sometimes I'll use cloud gaming on my phone and just play like that. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but. Yeah, no, I've played on my phone before, yeah, and I used to have an iPad at my old job, and I try and play on that yeah. too. Yeah, the cloud gaming works really well. Yeah, like surprise cloud game on my Series X all the time. Yeah, the latency is like minimal too. Like you're not going to be playing first person shooters, but like single player games, it's totally. Oh, no, it's I played fine. last time I cloud streamed the game was when I was playing Halo Infinite with Kyle. Really? Yeah, and he'll tell you I went off. Really. Wow. Yeah, he would like uh, he would disappear. No, I went off. I went, I went off the game. I, I walked away. <laughs> I was <laughs> really mad. Cloud gaming sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, cloud gaming is is pretty convenient. Yeah, it's. I think it's really underrated. Like, I don't think really a lot of people either know about it or just haven't used it. Yeah, that's funny you yeah, mentioned I mean, that because when I told Kyle I was cloud gaming, he didn't know what I meant. Yeah, you neither just, did the other two I guys. I still don't know what with. you guys are talking about. You guys are still talking about. I'm Dude, like, you oh, can you can go <laughs> you can go on your phone, download the Xbox app, log in. Sure, as long as on, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like Microsoft's pitch. This is like yeah. play anywhere. It's yeah, what they're like what they're anywhere and, to sell. and like it's not even like really playing on um like cloud services. It's just well, it is, but you're using your actual console. Your console will turn on at home, and you're just like. How do you control? It? How do you control the phone? How do you play? So, if you have your Xbox controller, your Xbox controllers, at least the newer ones, have Bluetooth capabilities. So it'll link up to your phone, and when you're doing that, it it sends the inputs through the phone over the internet to your Xbox, and that's how you play. At least that's how I understand it. I think now they have a, like a touchscreen option too that you can play. Really? Yeah. Huh. I know there's actually yep. like cloud gaming. If you don't have the game downloaded on your console, you can actually stream it from one of their online console servers or whatever it is. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll yeah. take the camp of I'm okay with, to leave the Xbox on the Xbox. When I come and want to detach, do some mobile gaming, I just pop up Hearthstone, pop up some chess, yeah. pop up some cla- you know, the, Clash, uh, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale. I'll keep the nice uh, dichotomy for me to have these two worlds separated. Yeah, I think the cloud gaming is very like niche like niche niche yeah however you want to say it yeah but uh yeah I'm that's like sure their whole the word <laughs> i mean that was <laughs> niche while we're on the topic of ftc that was like their whole thing in the uk was uh the Cloud uk gaming? tried to block the the acquisition of of blizzard act yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. of cloud gaming wow but that, i mean now they look dumb so they they yeah. take it all back but that's a huge acquisition like i'm surprised in the u.s like it's it's going well in the U.S., right? It did go well. Uh, yeah, it got approved. Um, That's I think they to me. appealed it, but uh, I don't think it's much is going to happen from that. So it looks like, for the most part, it's going to go through. There, Microsoft's yeah, going to acquire them. I think it's cool. I guess yeah, that was like yesterday, like, right? Uh, no, it got. It was about a month ago now that the case ended, the first trial, and I don't yeah. know. I haven't been following recently since uh, they won their case with us against STC. I know that it's it's in the works and it's most likely going to happen now. Imagine like all the games being available day one on Game Pass, like COD, and they could make it exclusive. I don't think they would because it's just... No, that was part of the trial was Phil Spencer took the stand and said that he was committed to keeping Call of Duty yeah. on multiple platforms. It's like, it's like Minecraft. He, he like, had to say, because that was uh, 
the FTC and Sony's whole shtick was they were trying to use Call of Duty as yeah. the reason why it would be, you know, monopolistic for them to, to own. Are, uh, are all Bethesda games going to be exclusive to the Xbox platform now? Yeah. Because Starfield's exclusive, Starfield's right? Starfield's exclusive, and I think El- uh, that was part of this leak as well as um, one of the documents stated that Elder Scrolls uh, Six would be uh, Xbox exclusive. exclusive. That's insane. Like, that's going to be a console seller. And that's what I, I, that's what Xbox needed like the last decade. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any console console seller games. Yeah, yeah, and then Starfield's reached like some pretty insane numbers. I think they're like, yeah. a, you know, especially being free on day one. Mm-hmm. Well, you're buying a service, but yeah, for a, a a fraction of what you would be paying, yeah. like that's insane. But anyway, so to to caveat the latest and greatest news as as of yesterday. Uh, they cleared the UK threshold. The The deal was accepted in China. They ran into regulatory issues in the US and the UK. And as of yesterday, it looks like they cleared the UK uh, threshold to move forward with the deal. I mean, once it was approved in the United States, uh, I anticipated it was going to be approved by everyone else. I think if they wanted to, they could have just, uh, just not had business uh, in the UK. And that would have sucked for all the residents in the UK that played yeah, Xbox, it would, but yeah, it would suck for Xbox. It would <laughs> suck for everyone else there. Uh, but yeah. Uh, how about, uh, the other big leak? So the remakes for fallout three and elder scrolls four, is there any hype to that? I've uh, never played either. Any hype level for those two games getting remade? No hype from my end. Uh, my play style is kind of a one and done. I'm not a replay type of person. So that's, that's a no for me. And you played both of those, the original ones. Uh, Fallout, you said Fallout 3 remake? Is Fallout 3 and Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion are being remade? Yeah, I did not play Oblivion. I did play Fallout 3. So yeah, I would not play, I would not go out and play Oblivion. Just, I think the time commitment, I just played Skyrim. So um, I think my next commitment to that as a new father is going to be probably the, the new Elder Scrolls coming up here. I believe Elder Scrolls 6. Fair in enough. Releasing would, in 2030. <laughs> I would say though, Elder Scrolls Four is my favorite Bethesda game. So I'd yeah, say I, if you haven't played it, it's I haven't it. played either. So hearing that excites me because I tried playing Oblivion, and everyone, it's it's whoever hypes it up to play it now is it's just nostalgia fueled. Oh yeah, because it hasn't aged well at all. No, and because I, I tried playing it because I, I hear all the time how good it is. And I went to play it, and like I just couldn't finish. I, I got to the first Oblivion Gate, and then like I lost interest because it just felt very clunky. Um, but if they remastered it, added like quality of life improvements, um, I would be all over it. It almost was like a 360 launch title. It came out pretty early in the 360s. Uh, but it was lifespan. developed on the OG Xbox. Had to, and then they just ported it or something. Uh, no, I don't think so. I no. mean, it was like when it launched, it was, it was pretty cutting edge, like the facial animations, oh, the see. graphics, it was like, it was prime when <laughs> it came out. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't aged. 2007. Well. Yeah. Wow. Which I think was that the, is... the launch of the 360, maybe 2006. See, I think 06 was. Yeah. But was, I remember it was in seventh grade when it released and I feel like that was, that was either the first year or the second year of the 360s, uh, lifespan. I think, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's controversial. I think the Xbox 360 was still the best Xbox platform and generation. No, I don't think that's controversial like, I think, at all. I think, I think all the best games, think that. best games came out of that generation. Yeah. To me. No, I, I, maybe that's just me being old and nostalgic. 
No, I don't think so. I think it definitely had some of the most genre-defining games, too. And just one of the best, I I feel like, platforms as far as accessibility and multiplayer and all those things. I think everything's, like, heavily commercialized in the gaming stage now. Like, microtransactions, they really push that. It's... I think games well games have always been made to make money, but it just feels it feels that way now versus like producing a product that you know was made because they love to make games now it's you're making games because you love to make money <laughs> I don't know in some cases not all cases like starfield is definitely like a love child, but we're gonna get to that back on the microtransactions back on nostalgia a couple things here I had a bad experience at xbox three sixty I had the red rings of death. Oh, um, so everyone did. the whole yeah. process that was part of it the whole, the, the whole process of shipping my xbox waiting for it to come back i was just oh, out an yeah. xbox for so long and so i i didn't have a good experience in xbox i'm really disappointed granted i played a bunch and had a great times but overall it was i think that was there's a big gap there that any of the previous uh following xboxes didn't have any of those issues right to where no. i didn't have to ship off anything to where so i love the reliability improvements granted it's fundamental for our age um, of that time range to play those games back on the microtransactions they were less money money hungry halo 3 for example you saw someone with the recon armor set you saw someone with the habusa armor set you know they took the time to go get the skulls you know they took the time to play legendary so it's yeah. like you would see somebody's armor and it meant something yeah or today something. you see you see someone's armor and like they spent ten dollars twenty dollars it's right so i think i miss those days a little bit which i think we'll get into a starfield a little bit where it has that nuances is like kind of a it feels like luck. The rolls are just random at this point, you know, but we can we'll go into the, the rolling system of Starfield in our next segment. I want to ask while we're talking about um, microtransactions and DLCs and stuff, and it's a, it's a small sample pool here, but would you guys rather spend the $20, $25 for a DLC pack with maps and everything, or would you still like to have it free, but microtransactions? I think the latter of the two. I would love to love to have someone else pay for my free maps okay yeah i i would say just kind of depends on the game i think a multiplayer game for sure microtransactions and i I just won't buy it and i'll take the free content you know i have no issue with not having season passes i usually don't buy battle passes or season passes on games so yeah yeah but for single player games because i know you know starfield is gonna have dlc most of their most of their RPGs had paid DLC that launched uh, after the game, so I would definitely pay for that. Um, I don't know what microtransactions that Bethesda would put into a game, right? And but that, I wouldn't want that for a Bethesda game either. So I would prefer them to just release a paid DLC expansion for their games. Okay, yeah, I th- I I think I'd rather pay for like DLCs. Like multi- if we're talking about multiplayer, I would, I would still rather just pay. Yeah, the twenty dollars old school like yeah. Halo, Call oh, yeah. of Duty map hundred percent yeah okay absolutely uh, I felt like the DLCs were a lot more of quality back then again maybe that's just the stall just speaking but because I don't know I felt like I got my money's worth then and now it's I think they just kind of push stuff out to keep to get people back in the game and then like for them to spend money on microtransactions versus like hey pay this because we created something awesome. It's uh, hey, we push this out so you can buy more microtransactions. That's my opinion. That's not fact. That's not factual. It's just what I feel. Yeah. Sadly, it's just that's just the shift gaming has made. I don't think microtransactions are ever going to go anywhere. No, they're not. It's it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Like it's insane. So yeah, it has to make money. 
how about uh, next console in five years? Um, so we already talked a little bit about if you know we'd want a you know new console soon um, if we'd be willing to pay for that. But what changes or improvements would you want to see in a new console? We'll start with you, Dill. Um, a better uh, friends system because ever since the Xbox One platform came out it's been like a like a, almost like a social media like i have to follow you to be a friend but you may never know i added you you have to follow me back and back on xbox uh, 360 and all that like if i sent you a friend request it would be there accept this friend request and boom now you guys are linked up um the avatar system was better i mean it this is still dumb but like uh, grasping at straws, I guess. Uh, the avatar system in the 360 days were way better than it is now. Nobody even knows that they exist still. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like they're trying to move away from that. Yeah, I mean, system. I don't even know why I it's there. They should just get. Anymore. Yeah, they should just get rid of it. Because yeah. there, there <laughs> um, used to be games on the 360 that used your avatar. Yeah, like one versus hundred. Yeah, one that, versus hundred. Yeah, the, that was amazing. The that Doritos game. Yes, uh, I can't remember the the name of it. It was um, like an obstacle course game. Let's see. I I think. I think overall, like it's nailed down. Uh, I, I still don't like the UI. Like on 360, like I go through my friends list, I hit X and boom, party invite. Now I have to like click on your name, scroll down, invite to party. I don't know. There's just couple. There's just extra steps. I also miss on 360, like um, when you were playing a game, and then somebody on your friend list would start playing that game. It would say like, "Oh, cool, uh, you know, whatever game you're playing." And like it would let you know that people are playing that game that you're that you're it's on. Organic kooky now. Organic. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. Just just beep, beep it out. Cut That'd that, be cut funny. That, cut that. Yeah, cut cut it. But I mean, it's just like subtle UI uh, improvements that need to be done. Um, I do miss picture in picture on the original Xbox release or Xbox One release. Do you know what I'm talking about? Picture in. No, yeah, PIP. So like uh, the original Xbox One you were able to like watch YouTube or whatever while you're playing your Xbox. Oh, it would yeah, be a picture yeah. in picture. Uh, it's, it's called like snap or something. Yeah. They call it, it snap. And yeah. um, I missed that. That was like a really cool feature as, mm-hmm. as I get it. It was like intensive on the hardware. I get yeah. it. Another thing I miss that I loved about Xbox one was their selling point on the one entertainment system. So like uh, there was also like a HDMI in on the, uh, on the Xbox ones. Where you and it, you would um, you can sync up your Xbox to your TV guide, and you'd have all your TV guide information, your 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 TV in. You didn't have to switch yeah. inputs. I do miss that. I thought that was really cool. It's not present on the series, and it doesn't need to be. I guess. I mean, obviously they took it out because no one used it. I used it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, well, most people are using streaming services now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would say. Less about what I want to see and what maybe what they're framing up in the FTC leaks. It looks like their their vision is like a hybrid uh, gaming platform, one that utilizes AI and machine learning to kind of make a fluid hybrid approach. And it's hard to know what they mean by that. It looks like they're trying to streamline the process to like mobile gaming, but also attract PC first gaming and also cloud first gamers. So it's interesting their vision for the future in 2028. I'm interested to see what they how they utilize AI and you know how they make things better. Overall, it looks like they can use AI and, and different um, co-processors to reduce latency, um, to do super resolution, frame rate interpolation, and just like it just in twenty twenty eight, it's going to be super interesting to see how smart these computers get and what product we get. So I'm excited to see what they come up with and how AI and machine learning will be used to make our lives better, faster, uh, in terms of matchmaking, in terms of just everything else. Um, 
maybe they can pair me with players that are worse than me so I can feel good. Yeah, or start creating, you know, a digital footprint for you, and it's going to start just curating your experience every time you turn on your Xbox to what your preferences are. I would want to see some sort of incorporation of VR or augmented reality. I think that would be cool in the next console. Uh, I would also love some more USB ports. I'd love to have like, like a kind of like how the original Xbox and older consoles used to have four controller ports on it. I would love to see that in the next. Uh, just uh, have next like four console. four USBs lined up in the front. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, I mean, I feel like party games are making a big resurgence. There's party animals that just dropped on Xbox Game Pass. Party animals? Um, yeah, which is kind of like uh, it's like a mixture of like Mario Party and Fall Guys. Looks pretty fun. I'll um, give it a look. But yeah, but games like like Fall Guys, I th- I just think there's a I still think there's a big need for like couch co-op and party games and especially uh, people our age, like millennial gamers, I feel like still like uh, party games a lot. Cause yeah, you know, we don't really know how to party unless uh, we're doing something in front of a TV. So <laughs> we like to be able to sit in front of it and, uh, and do something. <laughs> Who brought smash bros? No one brought smash bros. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I, I would like to see that some, something with virtual reality or augmented reality built into the system. And then, also, just something built in for more couch co-op opportunities on the console. Bring back Connect. Yeah, not Connect. connect. I mean, uh, <laughs> there I want was, something different than Connect. There, there was actually one game that I really liked, and I forgot what it was. But yeah, it's, that's how good The it rest was. of it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it, the concept was awesome. But, yeah, some AR or... That's where I learned to dance. It was through Connect. That helped me for my high school oh, dances. Oh, yeah, there was a dance. It was because of it. yeah. Yeah, you are a good dancer. I'll give you that. Uh, because of Xbox Connect. <laughs> <laughs> last big thing here, I think, um, at least the last big thing that I wrote a question about was their statements about uh, acquiring Nintendo. Now, this question is more so just for fun because I don't think there's any r- realism or, I mean, there's no way uh, Nintendo would even sell their company to Microsoft in any universe or world. But. What would uh, what do you guys think it would be like uh, if Microsoft was able to own Nintendo? Do you think Nintendo would still have uh, the same success, or would it start to? As I feel like most of companies that Microsoft buys, I feel like they start to. I don't know if Microsoft has like a specific style of games that they like to make now, because uh, they don't really have like a ton of great IPs themselves. But I feel like the companies that they start to buy start to make uh, games, you know, they usually start to make big, like single player, multiplayer, first person, action adventure games. Um, what do you guys think it would be like if uh, Microsoft owned Nintendo? Would Nintendo still have the same style and theme that it has now? Yeah. One, it just feels like I don't think Nintendo would ever let that happen. I don't think they need Microsoft to be successful. Definitely um, not now. I mean, I don't think they did five years ago or whenever the supposedly the time was when this was said. But I mean, yeah, it, it would uh, it would make life easier for me, right? I have my Switch and I have my Xbox, um, so it'd be nice to have one console that I uh, can play, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers and, and also play Super Mario Party or Mario Party and play Wii Sports and yeah, would love to have a a, a cross functional. Uh, console that doesn't take up two spaces on my uh, entertainment center, but I think I'm okay with having two separate places uh, in my home for them because they have two separate places in my heart. 
I think it would be awesome to see Nintendo games in like a Game Pass subscription. But I also, th- and it would be awesome. It would be awesome to see Nintendo games optimized for a next gen console, uh, since they're still using like ten year old hardware for their games. Uh, you know, and they use specific art styles to kind of highlight their games, but ultimately they just, you know, they, they're not optimized and graphically they're just not as good as compared to games releasing on the PS5 and Xbox. So that would be awesome to see, but I feel like if Microsoft owned Nintendo, it would lose a lot of the charm that Nintendo games have and it would become more kind of systematic and, and business-like because that's what Microsoft tends to lean towards. So I think Microsoft would tell them like, you know, uh, you you got to pump out, you know, a Zelda game every couple of years. You got to pump out a, a Smash Bro games every couple of years. They're major line titles. And that was all we would we would kind of see from Nintendo after that point. But yeah, I I, I don't think uh, that would ever happen in, in our lifetime or anyone's lifetime. No. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dill? What do you think it would be like to see a Microsoft I'm, I'm the opposite. Nintendo? I'm the opposite. I think... I think Microsoft would know well enough to let Nintendo be Nintendo. I would hope anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'd, they let Arcane be Arcane with Redfall. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unspeakable. <laughs> I, I played all the way through Redfall, by the way. I didn't even download it. <laughs> I was incredibly hyped for Redfall. I felt Dude, like I had well, to Well, like, play. again, like, the concept was amazing. And, like, I thought it sounded so cool, but then I waited for... I waited for reviews for the first time and I mean, it didn't really matter because it's free on game pass. Um, but I waited for the re- reviews and didn't look too hot, <laughs> but I, I would hope, I would hope X or, or Xbox Microsoft would let Nintendo be Nintendo. If Nintendo ever had to sell their company or wanted to sell it, I think they would sell it uh, to another company based in Japan before they sold oh, it yeah. to a, a like, U.S. based company, <laughs> like Capcom or something. Yeah, I don't know. Capcom probably would never have enough money to pay no. them. But I don't know. <laughs> maybe Bandai Namco or yeah. I think Sega maybe Sega. is a Japanese company based out of Japan. Uh, I saw in the notes, Dill, you added the Xbox credit card. That's right. So you <laughs> Xbox Mastercard. Did you uh are are you applying for one? No. <laughs> I I already have three credit cards. I don't need another. But I thought it was interesting cuz it's the first uh gaming uh centered credit card I that I've seen. Uh I don't know at the top of my head. I feel like there has to be others. Yeah. I, there probably is. It's just like something I've never like seen or yeah. heard about. You might be right. It might be the first one. So can I read off the the benefits not sponsored by Microsoft or MasterCard here? But yeah, you can. I don't have a credit card, so, so maybe this will you don't fix have a me on one. Yeah. You should get a credit card. No liability. As your quasi financial advisor, you definitely need to get a credit card. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely get a credit card. Yeah, I used to have one and it expired, and I never, uh, never renewed it, so I still don't have one. That's a that's a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a starter one too, huh. like the first one you apply for. You Dude, know, when you definitely you build your credit. definitely. So this could be an opportunity. All right, well, let's so hear let's not right, get with an Xbox. So uh, card. it's currently only available to Xbox insiders that have joined the Mastercard preview. However, let's let's dive in. So you right, can. So I'm already eliminated from. Yeah, you can join the Insider program though. No, you can sign in right here on their website. On Xbox's website. But anyway, apply now, and after your first purchase, earn a bonus 
5,000 card points, which is a $50 value, and three months of Game Pass Ultimate for new members. Um, so the, and so here's what your uh, purchases entail. You get five times digital Microsoft store points. You get three times streaming services that include um, Netflix, Disney, and such. Dining delivery services, clutch for your gamers. Yeah. And uh, everything else is like single gamers. Yeah. Everything. I'm I'm assuming the X's mean percent. So 5% on digital Microsoft store, 3% on streaming services, 3% dining delivery services, and uh, 1% for everything else. How much Microsoft points do I get for using the card? Uh, Let's see. So, so if 50,000 or if 5,000 card points were a $50 value, that's that's the real rewards that I want is Microsoft points. That's (laughs) you want to. I don't want current. I don't want a U.S. dollar. I need Microsoft currency. So it looks like you can comp, uh, you can compound Gotta a lot. Enter here. those raffles yeah. somehow. So yeah, that's and then uh, you can personalize this car. There's four options showing Kevin. Oh wow! They put uh, gamer tags on it. You can put you sick. can you can actually put your gamer tag on it. If you want to embarrass yourself at a drive-through someday. I mean, does. Well, I was going to say, does anyone even look at your credit card? Then I think can, can you put your gamer score on there to flex? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, to fall in line so, yeah. with PC Magazine's recommendation, I, I I would fall in line and, and say probably a skip um, Yeah, from my it, end it, as well. <laughs> yeah, in terms of like, generally speaking, I don't think you want a gaming credit card. If But, hey, if you buy a lot of games, this could be an option. But, or if you don't have a credit card, it's an yeah. option. And or if you're a host of a uh, gaming <laughs> podcast, you could be the first. You could put Gather Party on it. That that would be sick. I could maybe write it off as a business expense. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> My recommendation to anybody listening to this would be to go apply for a uh, whether it be a American Airlines, United, Alaskan Airlines credit card and get yourself a free trip somewhere. Go sign up there, get your free miles, and go take a trip. Yeah, that's a good idea. We can we can take this part off the unless unless you're really into Xbox. <laughs> yeah, unless you, Xbox. unless you unless you bleed green for Daddy Phil Spencer. Starfield. <laughs> hey, that's why we came here tonight, right? Starfield. This is what we're here for space right game. Now. Space Our game. That's no what I call Man Skyrim <laughs> is what we're here to talk about tonight, right? So that's uh, obviously the biggest launch uh, for Xbox. I mean, almost probably in the last like decade. This has been a great there. year for games in general, actually, in my opinion. Oh, but yeah. Starfield. I would say probably one of this has been one of the best years, and maybe the last at least five years, maybe longer. The bar wasn't set high the last five years. It's been pretty I mean, rough. We've had Hogwarts. We've had Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Hogwarts Survivor. was, I think, your game of the year pick. Not anymore. When you came on episode. Not two. anymore. It was early in the year. That was a, that was jump on the gun. I, I didn't even it. I didn't even fi- uh, update. I never even finished that game yet. But it's we're a, talking about Starfield. Yeah. And I've played a lot of Starfield. Yeah. We uh we've all been playing it, so I thought we'd all come on on here, share our shared experience with it, and hopefully be able to come up with reasonable rating for the game. Uh, I haven't looked at any reviews for it, so I've been trying my hardest not to look at anyone else's opinions on this game and just form my own, other than I did talk to Kyle uh already 
on Xbox Live about his opinion on it. So I didn't even watch that did that and that did shook me a little bit. It did factor into what I was gonna review. Yeah. So I didn't even but, so much watch a, a trailer for this game yet. I watched like the very, very first gameplay reveal like a year or two ago. And that was it. Wow, that's impressive. I watch I mean I watched over Summer Game Fest all the reveals yeah, and stuff I, that they did. I didn't even do that. I just I went I went in blind. When you work in games media, you don't always have that luxury. (laughs) (laughs) Part of the title. uh, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll break it down. Uh, Just go through our experiences, hours, what our play style was, what uh, what we did. We'll try our best to keep it uh, as spoiler free as possible. Absolutely no spoilers because I have not done the main quest. Yeah. I mean, there might be some minor spoilers, but we'll most major spoilers. uh, We'll we'll try to avoid. Can we give like a shout out for a spoiler before we say? Because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give you a warning, uh, listeners, if there is a spoiler coming up, and that'll be your chance to, I don't know, skip ahead or can we, stop uh, listening. So, like, can we define a spoiler? Is it just main quest line, or is it all side all side quests? Um, I would say just any everything. Any side quest is a spoiler. Any, like, I mean, main side quest line? I mean, if, if you think something is a spoiler, you could always just right. throw it out there as a warning, um, or call it a minor spoiler. I mean, a side quest, I don't think, is, like, a major spoiler to the game. Um, but don't reveal too much. Yeah. I mean, all just right. be uh, Keep ambiguous as you can. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So we'll get into uh, just our experience with it so far. Uh, let's start off uh, with Kyle. How many hours in are you right now? Yeah. So I'm about probably 18 hours in. Okay. Uh, and I've completed the main storyline. Uh, my game experience. I don't know. Do you want me to keep going or you want to? I got the list here. Yeah. So what's, what what was your game plan? So you said you did the main story. Was that just your only focus? Yeah. So I think this is where we get into it. My, my sole experience for gaming, whether it's Assassin's Creed, whether it's Hogwarts earlier this year, whether it's um, Elden Ring, here we are with Starfield. My main goal is to get through the story. My main goal is to get through the story as fast, as efficiently as possible to complete the game with the least amount of time as possible. That's my play style. That's my experience. And that's how I catered Starfield to be. Um, I aim for that kind of experience. So I go through all the story missions. I keep, I go as fast as possible, hopping through the galaxies and planets and people, I love how you can pop into a planet and they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take all your stuff off your ship. I'm like, all right. And I'm on to the next system, you know, like, so I don't take the time to, to fight the people or people like, Hey, we need help, help, help. I'm like on the next system. Do you skip the dialogue? Yes. As oh fast as possible. God, what's I wrong read? with you? <laughs> like skip it I, entirely, like, I, or you just have subtitles on and you read it before they finish talking. Subtitles read a, read a, read a, read a, read a. Okay, at least you going. read it. I thought yeah. you're a g dang animal. Or, I played without subtitles, yeah. which was a first for me, and I try to go for a cinematic experience. Yes. So my builds, that that's my play style. My play style is efficiency. I'm fighting the least amount of people as possible. If I don't need to fight you, I'm going to run by you. And so what I did is my play style, my build was I built up persuasion. I wanted to persuade people out of the fight. And so even the first the first boss you fight, the people who come down and try to um, steal you off that mining, the very first opening mission right? that minor I think we're all aware of. <laughs> very minor spoiler. This is not spoiler. I didn't get that far <laughs> the yet. Very fr- the opening mission where they try to take you off the mining island. And there's this big boss and I persuade them. And that's my whole style. It's like, I don't want to fight. I want to fight. I talk people out of things. And then the very first boss, I love persuading them out of something and then walking behind them and just getting a shotgun right up to their head and kind of just de-escalating the situation and then re-escalating the situation. Okay. So you're doing like a sociopath build. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess you could say that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's funny. I didn't know yeah, you could even I, talk to the first pirates you meet. I threw a grenade at him as soon as I walked outside. All the way to the end of the game, all the way to the end of the game, you can persuade your choices to the very end. And so persuasion was big for me. My build was persuasion and kind of the politics and extrovert. I had people with me the whole way through. What I like about it, I like that I was able to fast track and enable my play style to persuade and and just shoot through uh, the main story as fast as possible. I have skill points. I'm probably level 25. I probably have 10 unused skill points at this at this time and phase. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I I don't even take time to upgrade the skill points. I max out my jetpack. So I max out my health. Game. I max out my oxygen and I just there's no point for me to stop. I just go, I just went. I don't even have time to go. That's crazy. It's funny. So, I was that, that I was just going to say I was thinking about all the different ways we played from our text messages and what we were saying. And I was thinking like, wow, there really is like no wrong way to play a Bethesda game, but I don't know. Hearing your experience right now, I think that might be, if we can <laughs> list a wrong way to play a Bethesda That's game. awful. <laughs> that way. But if you enjoyed it, I guess we can't say it's wrong. So, so here's, here's where we get to the score. And maybe this is all encompassing of my kind of review. I give it kind well, of what, a what B- did you dis- so what, you said what you liked about it. What, what were some of your dislikes? Unless that's part of your score. It's part of the score, right? I, I guess it's all encompassing, right? I think the in-depth nature of the story wasn't enough by itself to hold up the game. The main story, all of it, isn't just... It became repetitive, it became isolated, it just wasn't invoking enough emotion. It was, it was kind of not the, the best story. And I think the problem with Starfield, from my lens, and why it gets kind of that C+, B-minus area, was if you go into Skyrim... You are walking, you are in this world, and things are evolving. I'm going to go try to do as fast as possible and go do that quest. But man, someone's actually pulling me away from something. Oh man, there's actually a monster chasing me that I can't hop in my spaceship. I can't fast travel out of. So this this enabled me in my play style to just fast travel. Anytime I was fighting people, I finished a mission, and there's still people I want to fight outside, I'm, I'm gone. I just fast travel. Right? Oh, you're in combat. Cool, run away and fast travel. That's like I just want to go as fast as possible and finish the story. And so with Skyrim, it, it uh, forces you to stay in there, to learn it, to do a whole side quest to be the head of the College of the Mages, right? Like you're just like, why, why am I going to college right now? You know, it's like, and somehow you just get in, 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 you are enveloped in this world and like Elder Scrolls, you are learning these different shouts. And it's, I think Starfield didn't have that for me. Uh, you'd be on a planet and you would just go run to your objective um, from my lens. And it, all plants start, just have a similar approach, a similar style. And you can easily just bypass those one-off missions where I think you can just fly right by, you can jump to the next galaxy, jump, jump to the next systems. Whereas I think in Fallout and in um, Elder Scrolls, those side quests really take you and they force you. In Fallout, when you have to walk to the next building or New Vegas or Fallout 3, like you are, it's part of it. It all comes together and it's, um, the story is good. The story is fun. I, I didn't get that this time, but I, I had a really good time all, all together. But I give it a probably an eight out of ten. Yeah, I would say I think they tried to kind of make some quality of life changes to the fast traveling and being able to travel around. But if you are just going from point A to point B, it gets it does get dull, and especially just watching a fast travel cutscene, landing on a planet, running to the objective, and usually there's not much in your way to that objective unless you're in like a major city um, then then you get like other npcs and other quests that just pop up just from you hearing things but i felt the same way too because i was playing kind of similar 
I wasn't as rushed as you were, but I was mainly focusing on the storyline missions and not much else. And yeah, there was at times where I felt like I was just watching a fast travel cutscene, going to a planet, running to this objective and not doing much else. And then, you know, doing activating or picking up whatever the objective was and fast traveling out of there on to the next thing. And so I don't think they designed the the main story to be played out straight through. I mean, I shouldn't say they shouldn't, didn't design it that way, but I think they were hoping that players would stop and do other things uh, while they were working on the yeah, main I mean, story. Yeah, I mean, you can join the army, right? Right away, you, you land on the New Atlantis, and they're like, hey, join the army. I'm like, whoa, hold on here, dude. This is the main story quest. No, no, no. I'll come back here later. Then you can join, like, the Lone Rangers, right? Like, come be a part of this outlaw ass when you meet Sam and, like, join this, and it's like, no, 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 we're not doing this yet. And so that's kind of my approach and style. Overall, why it kind of hits the lower mark for me, like a C plus area, was I spent of my 18 hours games, it probably would have been a 13 hour gameplay. I got kind of caught up with some bugs and some glitches, had restarts a couple times. The biggest glitch I had throughout the game, I'm on the final mission of the, of the game. You are facing one of the, the uh, elite Starborn. I'm not going to spoil anything. This uh, this Starborn can re-raise some dead people, basically. And so you're, you're fighting this horde of Starborn. You kill most of these people, but they keep coming back to life. You have to take out the main boss, in a sense. Um, everyone's story might be different when you get to the end with your choices you make. Uh, that's up to you guys. Um, but this is my problem. I had this boss, and he... Typically, when I run into Starborn in the game, I use my uh, gravitational push and push the Starborn on the, the ground. They fell over and you just go run over and shotgun them. Pretty easy Starborn. They were really easy to go for. And so that's what I did in the, the horde of the Starborn. I would just push them over, run over shotgun, push them over, run over shotgun. Um, as I push over the final boss, um, with a, he has a key to open a gate. He glitches into a wall. And you know I spent three to four hours trying to figure out how to get some unglitch from the game to continue on to finish the, the story. Once again, this is 30 minutes before the story ends. This is the final of the final. It's at the, the cusp of all of the work you've been doing for hours. And I spent three to four hours trying to figure out how to uh, get the guy out of the wall. And we got him there eventually. But that's, I think, a, a miss for me in my experience of my fast gameplay story. Yeah, I feel like uh, Bethesda was punishing you for how you were playing. They needed to stall you a little bit because they're like, this guy's about to set a world record right now for our game. And we got to find a way to stop him. And they, they got yeah, you. I love seeing the, I love competing the main story and getting the achievement. And you're like less than, you know, 1% of the players have got this. Like that, that to me is like, that's where I get the fun. Like, you know, like just doing the main campaign is like, you're beating most of the players. Like that's, I'm racing. I, I think that's the race being under the 2% of the players to, to do the campaign missions. And your overall grade was C plus. Is that what you decided on? Yeah. Uh, Kyle gave it a C that's plus. My, that's my story. Overall grade. And my final, my final critique of the game before we move on would be: you have these companions. I always want a companion in this, in this, this story, this mode. I always wanted to lean on them. I figured out you can get married. You can, like, you know, you can have a partner. You can make them. You can flirt with them, right? You can, um, you can make love to your partner. I always had Sam. He was the best fighter. Um, the cowboy. He was just a really good fighter. So I always have him. And it'd be Great just the weirest times. Would... I was gonna say, did you make love? <laughs> stud uh, there was options yeah there's always options to flirt and do things i'm just like dude just trying to really just trying to play the game here dude <laughs> hey, uh, i ain't trying to find love but, i'm trying to 
we'd be progressing along the story. We'd be going through some fundamentally things together. He was with me most of the game just because he was one of the best fighters. And he got actually got ranked in an article as one of the best companions to have because of his fighting ability and his complex and having his daughter there, etc. He would always try to talk to me in the weirdest times. Hey, man, can we chat? It's like, dude, we're fighting Starborn. Like, stop. Like, stop. Like, chill. But, like, <laughs> I know this is our, I know this companion is stuff. the opportune time. I, yeah. And he's like, let's talk. It's like, dude. I was like, I'm literally about to finish the game. Can you stop talking to me? <laughs> like, uh, and so that that was just off-putting to me that he would always try to talk and complain. And like, I felt like I felt like bad had to talk to the guy just so he'd stop talking to me. But it would always come back up again. So I was frustrated with the companionship. I wanted a companion, but I don't want somebody to like need to talk every time we finish a mission. Just shut up so and carry that's my stuff. critique. That's what I'm talking to you for. Yes. <laughs> Take some bullets for me and go kill some things. That's all I need you here for. All right. So C plus for Kyle. Let's go into you, Dill, because you got a considerable amount of time with the game. Yeah, I had nearly have three days. Uh, the last two weeks, about 20% of my existence has been Starfield. All right. Um, and uh, what's, uh, what's the gameplay experience been? What have you been focusing on while you play? So uh, needless to say, I'm doing the opposite of Kyle. I am not speed running through the game. Um, I'm trying to like immerse myself in the game and like see what it all has to offer. So let's let's start from there. The side quests, they're fun. Nothing major, nothing like real notable either. It's just fun. So let, let me backtrack. If my perfect game is Halo 2, that's a 10. And if my worst game is like Redfall. So that's the scale I'm working with. And I'm just going to start it off. I give the game about like an 8 also. I don't use numbers for my ranking system. I use right. letter grades. All right, let's. So, is at do you S, use S? S plus would be like a perfect ten out of ten. And game. then and D minus would be the worst game ever. No one should. There's play no it. F on this scale. No F. No. All right. It's, let, let's let's toss it. Let's toss it like B minus. Also, there's a reasons. There's reasons for that. So I've been I've been doing like a lot of exploration, a lot of side quests. Um, I I hate companions because what Kyle said they they're just annoying. Um, the game, the gunplay is not good. It's typical Bethesda gunplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's then there needs to be some sort of aim assist, especially on console controller. I'm just gonna like highlight all my negatives before I go into in, in my positive stuff. Exploration is very bare. There's only a few set pieces in the world that, and you come across the same exact set pieces. And there's a lore reasoning behind that too. There's a whole they, there were uh, wars. And uh, among the the systems, and they would mass fab these outposts and stuff, and so mechanically it makes sense, but it's just that's just a lazy like cover up. So everything you see is the same. Shipbuilding, it's cool. It I love the ability to build a ship. It gives you something to do, but it's kind of like you don't really need to do it. In some of the the loading screen captions, it talks about fueling, and um, in helium three. And that's a that's a resource you find a lot, but you don't need to refuel mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I um, noticed that too. I and it, like, uh, well, I was talking to a friend about it. When you go to a system, it says you're going to be out of fuel when you get there. But if you're basically refueling every time you stop, why would that matter? Because on the star map, it shows you hopping from system to system, so you should be refueling after like at each stop. So that's kind of silly. Yeah, I did notice um, that too. That can we t- can we pivot oh. here real quick? Yeah. Sorry, Del, great point. I was reading an article to where 
um, on Reddit. It was one of the most popular ones. It was like, it feels like the game started off to be an exploration survival game to where you would have to build up enough resources, build outposts, get fuel, get materials, build, then yeah, move that, on to the next planet. And it, it feels like that's, and so when you get to the next system, you explore, you've had to earn it. You had to get there. You yeah. had to get, move in order to move through the story and the system. You just couldn't fast travel. You had to go refuel. You had to go find fuel. And so they felt like the game, the way it started off, got overtaken by someone else's uh, design. Something more it feels casual. like Starfield, through that lens, through survival, you need to go mine and get the stuff to move forward to move on to the next system and refuel your tank. Even if you look in the cut screens, there's like helium refuel tanks. Um, yeah, and so exactly. It feels like, like there is a missing piece of the puzzle that they started to make. That I think that would make the game much more satisfying yeah immersive. to progress a story you have to do the outpost to progress the story you have right. to explore the planet to move on to the next one but great point though i just wanted to- there's an exploit to get around lack of fuel like sometimes like it will you know it'll say oh you, you you're gonna run out of fuel before you get here if you go ahead and open the system map anyway and you go to the planet that you want to go you can hit land and it just bypasses the lack of fuel thing that's like a glaring issue to me <laughs> Uh, you have to um, you have to have been there before. Yeah, you though. do. You have can't to do it there. on like an undiscoverable no, planet. You, but if you've been there before, yeah, you yeah, can bypass you, that. By yeah, you do have to do that. Fast traveling um, directly to the landing zone. I, I've been doing a lot of exploration. There's very few planets that actually have life on it, and that's fun. But again, like you, you don't unless you're into crafting. And I again, I've never felt the need to craft yet, and I don't think I will, unfortunately. Unless you need to craft, you don't need to go visit those planets with and, and kill the aliens and, and harvest the resources. You just don't need to do it. What else? I feel like the weapon selection, there's not a lot of depth into it. I've, I've come across the same 12 weapons I always do. Um, there's some more rare ones than others, but I think so far I've seen all the weapons it has to offer other than like named weapons. There's not a lot of depth. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of other negatives I have. It feels rushed, even though they yeah. spent years on developing this yeah. um I'll, so if i think of other cons I'll, I'll talk about it but for the good things it is cool that you can go explore i think that is neat but it just doesn't really fit the game um i'm not i would i want to talk about good things about the main storyline but i can't yet i haven't played it yet i'm not actually i'm not actually not even interested in playing it you made a really good point again to where i didn't realize until you said it but the weapon system is actually really bad. Like you just get the same yeah. Grindel slightly better. You yeah, just get the same yeah. shotgun. The log, it's a, the yeah, same it's shotgun the slightly same. better. Yeah, I didn't realize. Like I, I probably went through the game using the same freaking gun slightly better yeah, every time it exactly. dropped. Exactly. And if you wanted to, point. yeah, if you wanted to, you can go mod them. Sure. Um, but yeah, but a whole never, other, you have to upgrade that whole skill tree. Then you need to also yeah. get the components to do it. And then, yeah, so, yeah. Same with uh, like suits. I've I found one suit. I've just been rocking the same suit the entire time. I haven't come across anything better. Um, aesthetically, yeah, it's everything's generally the same. You still find the same five suits that you usually do. Normal, normal clothes. Uh, normal clothes. You can find NPCs wearing the same clothes. You see it a hundred times. Oh yeah, and another con. There's not too many cities to explore. There's like maybe five main cities that you can go to. There's yeah. Neon, Aquila. Some of the bases, like on Mars, but it feels bland. It's just very small. New Atlantis is definitely like the the centerpiece and the crown of the game, and that's kind of disappointing. You get there right away and you explore it right away. Vendors have the same issue that Skyrim has, meaning that they have very limited credits. But it's dumb because you can sit there and wait for forty eight hours and then it's renewed. 
So what's the point? Just give them more credits. Like, yeah. Uh, and especially when you start upgrading your social tree where you can sell things for more and buy things for less, that exaggerates the problem because now you can only sell like three or four things until they're out of money and then you got to sit there and wait. Yeah. Or you have to buy a ton of stuff and then trade a bunch of right. your things to get a good deal on it. Um, it's kind of how that works with yeah. the bartering skill. I, it still leaves me longing for Skyrim and like a, a, a real Elder Scrolls game. It, it like it tickles the itch a little bit. I still love the game. Don't get me wrong. I it, I'm obviously still playing a lot of it. I've done almost three days into it already, and I'm gonna go back and play it some, some more. It's still a fun game. I do really like the persuasion system. Yeah, yeah, that I was a big improvement. Yeah, I mean, Skyrim's was pretty non-existent. Yeah, and so was Fallout just, 4. It's so it was kind of bad. On yeah. so this one gives you like it's more like persuading. Yeah, and um, you have like diff- more uh, difficult selections to choose from and you persuade them more but it's a risk yeah and Um, i don't know if this has a factor in it at all but i feel like when i choose something even if it's a higher risk of failing if it more fits the context of the conversation i feel like it succeeds more often yeah than when i don't choose things yeah but maybe i'm just thinking into it too much but it seems like it is that way if i if i'm talking to someone who is aggressive or kind of shady or nefarious and I choose an option that's like also aggressive towards them I feel like it would succeed more often than when I was choosing just the lowest risk option another issue I have is when you're out exploring uh running sucks you run it it's a game of sprinting and then stopping to cap or recouch uh your breath and then you Mm -hmm. sprint again and sometimes these objects you if you open your scanner you can look around real quick Oh, there's something over here 600 meters away. Cool. Run to it. It takes you two minutes. You get there and it's just nothing to really care about. Sometimes there's like caves you can explore, but it seems like there's maybe two or three copy-paste caves, which it's unfortunate. Yeah. Everything's procedurally generated, which is really cool, but there's just almost no sense of going there (laughs) to explore. I'll say some hacks for some people listening, wanting to play through it is I didn't realize it for most of the game. I was carrying like 50 pounds of things that were just like material complex components that yes. didn't show up. As you go through a list, you try to clear out your inventory. Not until you go to all other is there, I'm carrying a bunch of random components and rocks yeah. and things I didn't think I needed. So that I would weigh down and not have the space I needed. And once again, I maxed out physical, I maxed out health, I maxed out lungs. And I didn't realize that for most of the game that I just had 50, it was a kilograms right. of just yeah. un- inventory just sitting there just I didn't crap. need. <laughs> Yeah. So, so never... tough, uh, the inventory management system is tough. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of UI, the there's there's no maps. You open like if you're walking around a city and you need to know where to go, it's non-existent. It's just like pixels. Yeah. That is awful. Yeah. Horrible. Or yeah, you could. I think the close the closest map you get is just like this blue grid. Yeah, it's a with some pixels. named locations yeah, on it. <laughs> you don't know what's north, south. There's. I don't yeah. think there is a compass in the game, right? There is a compass. So when you're, yeah, there's on the bottom left, there's where your O2 and CO2. It's just, that is, it is a compass. I think there is icons on there. Okay. So you can use those to guide you. I know there's like a time of day. I just, I guess I just don't look enough. Yeah. And just overall, the menu system needs work, quality of life improvements. Um, That said, I still like the game. I still find it interesting enough to go and go through the storylines just to see what it's about. Um, facial animations, I, everyone raves about it. I don't think they're that great. 
Yeah. I mean, they're an improvement over previous games, but with other games that have come out recently. uh, That's setting the bar low. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... But again, I'm I'm nitpicking now. There are definitely glaring issues with the game, but it doesn't impede my enjoyment. Yeah, no. I mean, you gotta... It's fair to... It has some fair critiques that you can make of it. And I think if you're a fan of Bethesda games, you'll keep playing it because you enjoy their games. it's still fun. It's a fun game. So, and you're at, you said you were at uh, about 72 hours. So how many more hours do you think you're going to go? Do you think you'll do more than one playthrough? Do you feel like it would, you'd if, get a different if, experience if, if you tried a different playthrough with a I different build? If I played it again, I will definitely have a different moral approach. Because this playthrough, I'm like, yeah, the UC is great. Uh, stick to the law. There's side quests where, um, not really spoilerly, but um, you can go join the Crimson Fleet, which is the pirate faction in the mm-hmm. game. You can go join them and uh, as an undercover agent, but eventually you can have the choice of actually uh, kind of like changing sides yeah, without getting too much into detail. Um, oh, and that reminds me, the, the Crimson Fleet characters on that side quest are all insufferable. <laughs> oh my God. And go play it. You'll, you'll exactly, is it, yeah, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about when you get there. Yeah. How about uh, one thing I forgot to put on the outline I was going to ask you guys, but Kyle kind of shared a little bit. What's a tip you would give someone, something you wish you knew before you started playing? Um, know where your um, your capacity on weight is. Yeah, weight I actually had no idea where brutal. to find it. Yeah, the, yeah the, just the management. Your mass is what your they mass. call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is brutal to manage in this game, even with perk investments. You and can, I didn't want to invest perks into the the trait that gives you more carrying capacity because I feel oh, like that's now that we're going to perks, that's oh. another thing, another critique. Sorry. Yeah. No. Go ahead. It, you better choose the right skill sets early in the game when you can level up faster because you only get one skill point per into like general level because it's going to get harder and harder and slower and slower to get your skill points yeah. later in the game. So you better like know what you want to pick and what you want to do. Yeah. What did you guys think about this skill system? So Skyrim had, you know, you, there was no uh, perks. Or, well, there was perks, but you pretty much had access to all skills and what skills you used. Those are the ones that got better. And then you could pick perks for them. Fallout is more like you have to use stat points. And then when you have a certain amount of stat points, then you could pick a perk uh, in that uh, stat skill tree. Uh, this is kind of like a blend of both where you have kind of unlimited access to all this, the, all the skills, but you have to use the skill in order to upgrade a perk in that for that certain skill. And yeah, it, it does get after, I think like the second perk investment in a skill, then it's like, you have to do like a hundred of a certain action in order to unlock the third one. Uh, did you guys like the skill system in Starfield compared to other Bethesda games? What did you think, Kyle? I don't like it because, like what I just talked about, like, if you want something, so they, they locked the skill tree, like, you have to do, you have to invest four points in the first level to get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, the last ones, yeah, the other, they they might not be, like, related to, like, other things. I, I don't know. Where, like, where Skyrim, like, if you want to focus on one hand, that's what you do. You, 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 you have to use your one hand weapons, and then you can progress through that skill tree. And it's fine because it doesn't get slowed down because everything's individual. You don't have to yeah. rely on your overall level until you get a new skill point. If you want something now, like if so, like example shipbuilding, 
I never invested anything to shipbuilding because I didn't need it. I didn't care about it. But now, like, I'm level 25 or something. I'm like, okay, cool. Shipbuilding's cool. I have to wait so long yeah. to get a skill point to invest into it. And I need to get the third the third uh, perk on that skill or that the individual uh, uh, piloting. It's, it's just kind of, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. That you're bogged down because of your early choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas Skyrim, like you can change it. Like if you're you're one handed and you're like until you're level twenty or whatever, and you want to start doing ranged or whatever, it doesn't matter because that's its own set. Not a fan. Yeah, I was uh, I was disappointed a little bit in the skill system and just the overall like character building because um, it was just it was just perks and skills like Skyrim. But like I said, the changes they have where you have to invest in a skill and then complete a challenge and unlock the next perk. And then you have to level up in order to get a perk. Just felt like it slowed it down quite a bit. And I never felt like my character was really optimized for anything. And I, I invested quite a bit early on into weapon skills. And I regretted that. Because I don't think you even need any weapon skills in the does game. Does your damage scale with your level? Yeah, you, you could. Oh, does your damage scale with your level? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think you'll do more damage the higher level you get, but I think your damage will scale only off of if you invested perks into Cause like, that I know weapon like, type. I know like fighting enemies, like if I'm lower level than them, I won't do as much damage. It's just in general. So I don't I don't I don't actually know if it's scaled with your level or not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think damage is scaled with your level. Um so I wish I didn't invest like any points into any sort of weapon skills. I wish I just focused on other things like uh, booster pack and and piloting and some of the science skills. On that note, it's ridiculous that you have to spend a skill point to use a a, a pack that you can just pick up and wear. Yeah. Why do I need to spend a skill point? I was only, when I first went, I went all just uh, weight and then health and then oxygen was my, and persuasion. And so then I'm sitting there like, should I not be able to jetpack? I saw the I saw the trailer. There's jetpack. I could not figure out for the life of me why I couldn't jetpack. And yeah, then, I, uh, then I went in there to Google. I'm like, what's oh, the spin skills on this? Like, what the heck? Yeah, I have, they had the different packs, the different combos, the different boost compilations. So it was just super interesting. And it, it got to the point once I leveled up the pack and my health and my everything else. Like I didn't need anything else. And so the game, I felt like anything I saw just didn't, wouldn't help me. So why would I go and spend skill points? So I just had a bank of skill points i didn't need to complete the game i don't need the i don't need to modify my weapons i don't need to uh have a chance to maybe heal slightly better over the course of time i just felt like there was nothing really uh calling out to me but maximizing another pro tip is max out your jetpack it's awesome um if you have to go long periods of times and distances you can run and then jetpack to offset while you recover your oxygen so would recommend jetpack all the way to level five i believe yeah, there's definitely jetpacking and a few other skills that are pretty essential, I think, for any build the character should get. Jetpacking, lockpicking early on is oh, super helpful. Another critique, lockpicking is awful. Oh, yeah, I hated it. So hard. Yeah. It is so, so, hard. It's so tedious and for little reward. Yeah. And yeah. I felt what? so dumb the first yeah. few times it, I tried it doing didn't it. explain it really well. Yeah. And like when you, even if you do open it without error, you still spend a digipick. Mm-hmm. That's silly to me. I will say though, the best weapons I have, I think, have come from opening locked containers. Oh, really? So, yeah. Everything. I, I am glad that. I, I mean, I I always go with lock picking in yeah. every Bethesda game I play because it bugs me yeah, not I'll, to open things. I'll still open them. I'm just disappointed ninety yeah. percent <laughs> of the time. 
It's like, cool, you just spent two digipigs because of this stupid hard master lock. Yeah. Here's a here's a can of chunks. <laughs> I love chunks. Yeah. I'm, I'm a chunks fan. But uh yeah, but I mean when you invest in it, it does get a little bit easier. Um you start to get some perks that, that yeah. make it a little more easier to identify which which ones you should be doing. Yeah, which again sucks for me because I have to wait so long to get a yeah. skill point. It's just frustrating because I'll come across you know master locks that I can't open yet. Yeah. Pro, pro tip. Uh, food is a waste of space and weight. So there's no point to food to be in the game. Um, buy right now. Any and all med packs. <laughs> buy all the med packs you can get from your dealers. You're gonna need them late game on some uh, some tough interactions. Yeah, food is always well. You can cook your food and it'll be substantially better than you just eating raw ingredients. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, there's so you, many things you can just... make recipes and it'll be the food will be uh, yeah heal better you way more packs. and give you also additional benefits besides health. It'll give you buffs and things like that. So there is huh. use of food if you go that route. Um, Debatable. <laughs> but yeah i'm, I'm sure eventually there's going to be a survival mode where you have to manage your also food and water and sleep and all if, that so. if they came out with survival mode and then like reintroduce like helium and like building outposts and no fast travel yeah no fast traveling yeah that'd be a that'd be a tough game elder yeah, scrolls yeah. you have to, uh, you have to walk, from, walk from system to system yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> you have to booster pack fly from system to system <laughs> No, well, at least no fast travel on planets. Like you'd, yeah. you'd have to walk back to your ship and stuff like that and around uh, cities. Um, what is can we just pivot review? real quick? A hard pivot to my brain. I'm sitting here in the main story. I'm like, you just, you go back to the lodge, you drop off another piece, you drop off another piece, you drop off another piece. And you're like, what the heck is happening? Why is, why am I spending all this time? And there's never like, they don't give you enough really to keep going. It's just like, you do the same repetitive thing. Um, it just speaks to the storytelling, the skills points, and that's, I think that's why it holds that C plus uh, in my head. Can I give us? This is going to be kind of like a heavy spoiler about all the right. Crimson Fleet. You've all been warned right now. Heavy spoiler. Incoming. Heavy spoiler. If not you, like a, not well. It's a side quest spoiler. If you don't want to hear, it, okay, it's side quest. I would side say quest it's heavy. spoiler. It's okay. It's it's a notable spoiler. But skip but ahead. Kinda, skip ahead. But kind of not at either. least thirty seconds. All right. So real quick. Uh, there's not a lot of enemies in the game. There's a spacers, uh, Varun, uh, and pirates. It's kind of, at least what I've seen. That's all there is. When you join the Crimson Fleet as an undercover um, agent, you're part of the Crimson Fleet. You come across the Crimson Fleet out there. They're not gonna. Sh- they don't shoot you. It doesn't matter. It, it it takes away a third of the enemies that you that you get to encounter. And uh, that's that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> I was is that, very is that your spoiler. Yeah, I feel like that's not a spoiler. Oh, like I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've, once again, I've played the game and I've never. Run- no way. Really? I've run into them, but I run away because they. I feel like they f me up when I'm flying around my spaceship, especially if there's more than like three of them uh, in a in a dogfight. I have lost many dogfights that way, so I usually just grab jump out of there when I encounter them. <laughs> anyway, sir, what's what is what is your review of the game? So for me, I made it about 16 hours in. Uh, I was trying to finish the main story. Uh, sadly, I hit a point where you have to make some substantial upgrades, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out in time. So uh, I didn't get to finish the main campaign, but um, I did a few. I did maybe one or two side quests unintentionally, 
Um, I tried to dock onto a ship that I thought was a trader ship early on because I, I had all this junk and I didn't know what to do with it or how to buy ammo or anything. So I went onto the ship that said, I don't know, Star UC or Trader. I can't remember what the, those trade ships are called. But uh, when I docked onto it, everyone was dead. And I found a guy <laughs> in there saying that it was pirates had attacked him. So I had to do the side quest. And um, I, that was one I did. And then I did part of the story. You have to do a, do a side quest too for a faction. Um, but for the most part, I was just head down trying to do the story missions when I played. wasn't rushing through it, though. I mean, I was trying to enjoy it and take it in. Took a lot of screenshots, a lot of uh, camera pics using the photo mode. Which, uh, a tip if you don't know, if you take a picture with photo mode, it becomes one of your loading screens. So, yeah, so I took, I tried to take some. Thanks, Bethesda. Tried to take some notable uh, pics with the photo mode and then could uh, relive <laughs> them in the loading screens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then uh, my build I was going with, I did Persuasion too, uh, just because I usually like to play that route. I was kind of going for like, a, I don't know, kind of like a space. Uh, explorer han solo type character i feel like so i invested in persuasion and laser weapons and pistols early on um a little bit of stealth because when you invest at least one point in the stealth you get the stealth meter that if you've played bethesda games those are usually a staple but if you don't invest that point in stealth you don't get that stealth meter when you crouch and and there are parts where like stealth is vital in some of these missions if you want to play it that way yeah, I mean, it was helpful just, just to going through a new area. I could at least crouch and see if I was hidden or not and then yeah. get the sneak attack bonus on enemies. But like I said, combat wasn't too difficult. Even I mean, I don't think I need to invest any points into any weapon skill or anything yeah. to be able to get through any combat situation. Just blast them. If yeah. you have enough ammo, you're fine. Yeah, I will yeah, you say, could though, be, that... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. You could be level 17, 18, 19, fighting Starborn who are 30, 35. No problem, you know? So, yeah, yeah, especially with that ability you were talking about that you can kind of just spam on them. Um, and I usually in games, I'll use whatever cheap tactic there is because I want to I want to challenge the game developers, you know, to make me do something different. So if there's something that works yeah. really well, I'm going to keep doing it until the game forces me to. You're try a big cheese guy, else. huh? Oh, yeah. I cheese my whole way through Elden Ring. That's how I beat it. And the <laughs> developers little... never forced me to do anything different. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so, um, so I was a little disappointed in in that, but what I was going to say about the AI was, I feel like AI was a little bit better than it has been in previous Bethesda games. Not so much with their awareness and stealth, but in combat, they seemed a little more aware of cover, you know, where they're placed at. I know they flee now. If you kill a lot of enemies in an area and there's only a couple left, they'll run away. One enemy in particular, I remember one time clearing out a space station uh, he started to run away after I had killed almost everyone. And I chased after him down a hallway and there was a mine. So I ran into a mine and blew up. Don't know if that was intentional because I don't think NPCs plant mines. I feel like levels usually have there. mines already there. So I think he was just running away. But it, just, still, it just so happened. Yeah. That but sucks. still, it, it, it felt like, wow, he trapped me into this this mine that I chased after. And then your last save was five hours <laughs> behind. <laughs> Um, so there's definitely some improvements in the AI that made combat at least a little more interesting, a little more fun. What I liked about Starfield, I mean, there's a lot of things I liked. I, I overall had a really positive experience and I mean, I was pretty hyped about this game too. So I watched a lot of gameplay reveal. I watched Todd's presentations on it at summer game fest. Um, and so I was really excited. I think the things that it did really well is 
the universe that it made and the world I think that they built is worth exploring and feels like I want to know more about it from, you know, just the lore, from the, the digilogs that you can find and the computers. I was very interested in like what happened on planets. I was really interested in going back to Earth to read about what happened and um, see like what caused Earth to be in the state that it was in in the game. And so I really liked the exploration part of it. Even, you know, the procedural generated planets, I didn't get to visit a ton of them because I was focusing on the main story, but I did go to a few because one of the side quests that I did do is, uh, this is a minor spoiler, at a certain point in the story, uh, you get uh, some abilities that you can unlock. And so you can go to different planets to unlock new abilities. And so I was trying to do, get as many of those abilities as I could to play around with them. So I did get to check out some of the kind of procedural generated planets. And uh, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun exploring them. I wish I would have stopped doing the main story and just kind of explored more. That was one thing I wish I, I would have done more of. And then another thing I liked about it was definitely uh, the dialogue system, the persuasion system, talking to people. It felt very much one of my one of my favorite Elder Scrolls games was Oblivion. And it felt very much like playing Oblivion, because Oblivion had that same style of zoomed-in face when you talk to someone. It had a persuasion system where um, you had to choose different things and look at the NPC's face and how they reacted to it to try and persuade them. And so it felt very similar to that with kind of the, the persuasion system that they used where you had to, to choose different things that uh, had a higher or lower chance of succeeding with them. And then graphically, the landscapes, I think, looked really cool. Like there's a lot of really cool environments and really cool um, planets. I think there was some frame rate issues on a lot of the major cities that I went to. And so that was a bummer. But I didn't spend a lot of time in the major cities in my playthrough. So I spent a lot of time on kind of the open world and desolate planets. And uh, yeah, I really want to explore it more and get into some of the crafting too, as far as modifying guns and stuff like that because I only I only was able to research about one level of crafting for my armor and guns so didn't get to do a ton of it and that's usually in Bethesda games how you get into like the real end game of uh of damage and optimizing your build is through crafting so I want to I want to get more into that overall I really I really enjoyed the game for what it was and for how far I got and I'm definitely planning on playing more I've heard of New Game Plus after the game. Um, I knew that before I started playing because I had I had saw like a TikTok or YouTube short on that part. So I was thinking I would play through the main story and then kind of play through the game again. But I'm thinking I might just uh, start a new character next time I play and just try a whole different build because I didn't like my stat uh, point investment, not stat points, skill point investments that I did with my first character. And so I'm already regretting it. And I always, I usually create a new character like five times before I get far into the game, but I was trying to get through as much of the game as I could. But so I just tried to make do with what I had. Um, Have you yeah. can, you can, you can buy a ship by the way, without having to upgrade the ships. You can just buy a ship with that, uh, the grab drive you need. I know. So, I tried that too. So I didn't know. have, I didn't have enough credit. So I had to, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to upgrade it and then I ran out of credits and then I didn't have enough to buy a ship. So I was also thinking, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go do side activities anyway, so might as well just start a new character and just skip the main story this time and go do all the side stuff. 
Um, but yeah, things I was disappointed in besides the, the character building um, and the skill tree was just uh, the menu system. Yeah, we talked about that. It was pretty rough uh, moving through the menu system. Moving through the map was annoying and tedious, having to press B multiple times or remember to hold B to go all the way back. And then the menu looks confusing at first. It's not clear where everything's at at first when you open the map. So early in the game, I was always clicking on the wrong thing and opening up the wrong thing on the menu and having to go back. And I mean, it takes like a split second to go back, but it just gets it's, tedious yeah. doing it over and over I know. again. I, I, I do it every single time. I, and you'd yeah. think I'd be used to it by now, but... Yeah, it's like every time I open the menu, I have to stop and think for just that second to remember which direction I need to hit the analog stick to it's kinda, hit the menu that I want. It's kind of bad. So I was, it made me wish for just a good old pit boy where I could just press LT and RT to cycle yeah. through some tabs. Um, but yeah, and then, um, yeah, the combat um, was nothing uh, exceptional to like a Bethesda game. The AI, I said, was slightly better, but the gunplay was pretty similar to like Fallout 4's um, nothing too exceptional there. Um, I really think the the meat of this game and the most enjoyment out of this game is going to come from exploring and doing side quests and factions, which is also typical of a Bethesda game. Usually the main quest line isn't the biggest selling point or draw to the game. And uh, I think that's going to be the case with Starfield. So I'm excited to spend more time in the world and to play it more. Um, and I'm really excited for mods to come to the game and so I can start modding it and, and add even more stuff to the game. And I mean, with Skyrim, I used mods to completely change like the perk system and the leveling system and made it more into like a, a RPG game. And so I'm sure I'll get that opportunity with Starfield too. Overall, the rating I would give it, um, I was pretty high on it. So I think the overall rating I had was an A for it which would be like a really good game if you're not a fan of bethesda games i don't think this is going to be the one that uh, changes your mind but if you are a fan of an rpg game or you're a fan of an fps or if you're a fan of space. Um, a space exploration game like no man's sky you'll definitely find enjoyment in this game and i think it's worth playing and yeah if you're a fan of an fps i think there's just enough in there to keep you playing it if you're a fan of rpg games i think there's enough elements in there to to keep you engaged in playing it so i think it does a lot of good things on like a surface level for what they're trying to do um, but like you mentioned Dill, i think there's a lack of depth in in most areas but yeah overall i was pretty high on it i liked it i enjoyed it i would recommend it to most people can i give I'd a recommendation? sorry to, to caveat real quick would be if if i take my c plus as a triple A title game that you paid seventy dollars for, that's what my rating scale is. But if I say, look, this is on Xbox Game Pass, this is a free game. I mean, if you take that into account, that's a this is a massive, uh, amazing free game on oh, Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, cheap so game. It, in Maybe that not lens, free, but a very cheap game. <laughs> yeah, a very cheap game yeah. with a recurring subscription model. But what, through that lens of Xbox Game Pass, this is amazing, right? Without having to pay seventy, eighty dollars, etc. Let's just through that lens, it's an S. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, of one of the best games on Game Pass you can possibly get. Yeah, so, I'm enjoying so the as we talk through this. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad game. I know I just ragged on it, but it's so it's still very good. <laughs> yeah, it's no, fun. I mean, there were there were definitely critiques to be made about this game that I think was only fair that we talked about them and let people know about them. Oh yeah, but as a Bethesda fan too, I would if 
if I was just saying for me personally, I'd probably give this game like an S, like I enjoyed it that much. But I think just for the mass amount of other people and mass amount of gamers, I think uh, I would give it an A, a really good game, but maybe it's not going to appeal to everybody. Well, that wraps up, uh, I think, our Starfield review. Starfield. Uh, no Man Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> Space game. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to get into some 20 questions? Yes. This will be the first time that we've had uh, two people on to play 20 questions, so you guys are going to be working uh, in unison here. How this uh, segment works is I picked out a uh, video game character, and you guys have 20 yes or no questions to ask me uh, to try and narrow it down, and then after 20 questions, you guys can make a guess, and we'll see if you can get it. Whenever you guys are ready, you can uh, start discussing and let the questioning begin. All right, Kyle, I'll let you just, just, do you want to discuss or do you want to I think discuss? let me do three. Do you do three? We'll switch off every three. See if we can pick up where I, you're pick up, pick up where I pick off. Left That's off. It's not divisible by 20. That'll make it easy for me to keep track of the. <laughs> All right, Kyle, go you, for you it. You go with that, Bill? Yeah, okay. go for it. I was just teasing about the divisibility, but. Yeah, Kyle, go for it. Is the character a male gender? I would say uh, yes. Is the character... You know, actually, I feel like I have to give you a hint on that. This this character technically doesn't have a gender. But wow. they are male-seeming. Is this character introduced to the audience before, or if it's yes or no, after 2010? No. So they're introduced before 2010. Yeah, usually questions like that, I think of the first game they appeared in. And so I would say uh, the first game they appeared in was before 2010. Got it. And one more question before handing over to Dill. Does this character wear armor? No. Thank you. Is this character in a first-person shooter? Yes. Is this character the grave mind? No. So you can't waste a question for. <laughs> Bro, I thought I had it. <laughs> it's technically a question he asked, even though it was also a guess. But, but anyway, so if, is this on the Xbox platform? Yes. That was that was three of my questions. So. Yep, we're on we're on question seven here. Is this character part of a AAA franchise? Yes. Is this character human? No. Is this character in the Halo universe? No. That puts us at a total of nine yeah, questions see, so yeah, far. We're at nine. Right this will be question ten. Yeah, I'm I'm stumped because like everything everything was lining up to be Gravemind, and then you said it wasn't, and then all the questions afterwards, I was like, it's the Gravemind. I'm telling you, but it's not Halo. First person shooter on the Xbox. That's not Halo. Triple A title. That's not of. Human? Human. Not human. Yep. Xbox and, related. But represented with a male voice. Yes. What other AAA titles though are there? Is this are... character in Mass Effect? No. Guess what other AAA titles would there be besides Mass Effect? Halo. And Halo that offers pre two thousand ten. Ah shoot. Mm, is this character of an animal? No. Was that all three of mine? 
Do I have one more? I think you have one more. I have 12. This will be question 12, I believe. Dude, I'm stumped. And you, you said it was Xbox exclusive, right? It was on oh. Xbox. Oh. Is it Xbox exclusive? No. All right, I'll take it away. Tough. I guess I should have specified my first Xbox question then. Is it a fighting game? Wait, no, sorry. No, I said first person shooter. No, 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 don't count. Don't don't say anything. We already know it's a first person shooter. I won't count it. Pre two thousand ten. Yeah, let's 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 reconvene. Pre pre twenty ten first person shooter, not of human. Not Mass Effect. And it's a first-person shooter, so it's not Fable. It's, uh... I mean, there's Call of Duties that feature, like, aliens and zombies, but those that's not really, like, a character you can point out. Um, there's Battlefield, but there's no characters that aren't human. There's no, there's no shooters that I can think of don't have humans as enemy. Other than Halo, but it's not an exclusive. Okay, uh, I was gonna say 007, but that's he's not fighting any non monsters there, Dill, so we probably skip that. There's Alien versus Predators, there's Arma 2, there's Battlefield, Bioshock, Tarkov, or Turok? What? Turok? That has like dinosaurs in it. Ooh, Turok. I actually do remember playing Turok back in the day. Borderlands as well. That could be an option. Kevin looked a little fussed over there when he said Borderlands. I was going to say it when he said Turok because uh, I was at a junk sale this last weekend and found a comic, a Turok comic book. Almost bought it. Yeah, I loved Turok on the 64 and the 361 was good. I think it's going to spawn the bow. Actually, I should have said too. it was okay. So it's not Call of Duty because it's a fighting... It's got to be... Within, before 2010. Can't even remember what I did last week. <laughs> Let alone shooters in 2010. Is this character in Borderlands Universe? Yes. Hell yeah. That's, Can't uh, get all flustered when I said Borderlands. So... The character there we know is not. We're on question thirteen, so we have technically yeah we well, know, 14 we know yeah Six we know more? it's not a human character, but is represented by a male voice. I I I kind of have a a question. Can I can I can I impose a question? Yes. Is this character um, of a robot? Yes. I think I know who it is. Go ahead. Is it, go for it. it. If you think trap? it's Claptrap, go for Rip. <laughs> We've <Yeah>. done it. <laughs> the character was Claptrap. Appeared first in Borderlands, uh, which was not a, uh exclusive. It was on 360 and PS3. And uh, in 2009, so right before 2010. Holy so crap. The release date of that. 2009? Yeah. I thought we were like junior. Well, I thought Kyle and I were like juniors in high school. But yeah, well, nicely done. You guys got it. We've done and it, Kyle. 14 questions. New record? Not a new record, but... It's uh, a record for me. Uh, you are the first uh, duo, so that's a record. All right, well, 
I think that's it for our uh, show tonight, boys. Thank you again for being on here. I'm glad you guys took the time uh, out of your busy schedules to be on here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having uh, us, Scott. Appreciate it. um, uh, Hopefully you'll be back on in the future for the next Bethesda release in 2038. And we'll be on here talking about Elder Scrolls Six. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a CL4PTP steward bot, but my friends call me Claptrap. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. As always, you can find my contact info and links to articles that we discuss down below in the show notes. Please feel free to contact me if you have any suggestions or feedback for the show, game recommendations, interesting news topics that you want to hear discussed, and any video game character suggestions are always appreciated. I hope you pop by for next month's episode, and remember, it's only screen peeking if you get caught. Stay frosty, and happy gaming.